Welcome to the Undercurrent Podcast. I'm your host, Liana Lumawig, life coach, surfer, and ex-corporate girl living in Bali. I've been in unfulfilling jobs and relationships that used to drain my energy and confidence to the point where I was miserable. If you can relate, this podcast is for you. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to stay stuck and settle for anything less than what makes you happy. You can choose how to work, love, and live on your terms. And this podcast will show you how. Let's dive in. In this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about why you should treat your relationship like a business. So I'm probably the last person you would think to share an episode topic like this because I left the corporate world seven years ago. And for a while, I didn't want to associate with being anything businessy or corporate sounding. Maybe it's from the years of experience in toxic work environments, or maybe it's transitioning to island life in Bali, but I'm someone who identifies as a more feeling person, human-centered, you know, leading with the heart. And in business, Words like feelings, heart, and love are are not included in the vocabulary. So why am I doing a podcast episode on this topic anyway? I often get asked about how my partner Mario and I have created a secure, loving, and intimate relationship with each other. So much that we ran a workshop together a couple of months ago. And in that workshop, we answered questions and shared tools and practices that we use to maintain closeness and connection. And after listing them down and looking at the list, I noticed a pattern. The tools and practices we use are a lot like business. Now, I'm not talking about business in the way that you might be thinking. Capitalistic, money-driven, inauthentic. No. It's more like these qualities, like intentional, growth-focused, relationship-driven. So today I'm going to share with you seven ways to treat your relationship like a business and why they work. So let's just dive in here. Tip number one, weekly check-ins. So in business, you have one-on-one meetings. And in my relationship with my partner, we carve out time each week to do weekly check-ins with each other. And in these weekly check-ins, we go over these five steps. So the first one is three appreciations. So we'll just kind of ping pong back and forth. I appreciate you for, you know, something that you appreciate them for. And it could be big or small. The second part of the check-in is we like to talk about what's going well in our relationship. So, oh, you know, we seem more connected. We didn't really have conflict this week, something like that. The third step is what needs attention or what are some potential conflict topics that might come up um, that you want to address with each other. The fourth one is what do we need to do this week to make each other feel loved? And we can request from each other, um, you know, I love when you speak my love language or, you know, I love when you offer to do the dishes, even though it's my turn, something like that. And then the fifth step for the check-in is we go over the calendar for the week and we take a look at what happens during the week, which is normal, and what are some of the new things that are coming up during the week or some of the unexpected calendar events that are happening in the week, just so we can know what we're dealing with with each other throughout the week. 
So doing these weekly check-ins keeps us feeling connected, and it's a good way to prevent and proactively address potential conflict. So tip number two is learning hour. So in business, you always want to stay on top of your game and keep your skills sharp, right? So in the same concept can be used in relationships to grow together with your partner. Mario and I set aside one hour each month to learn new relationship skills and tools. So we dive into books, Instagram posts, and videos. Some sources that we've looked up are from the Gottman Institute. Um, we've looked up attachment styles, love languages, communication tools like nonviolent communication. And the benefit here is that we become more aware of ourselves, like what our patterns are and of each other. So what actually happens with the other person during the conflict? Um, we learn how to love each other better so we stay in the energy of love more often. So for example, when Mario and I learned our attachment styles, it really helped us in navigating conflict. We were able to label what was really going on in the moment and extinguish intense interactions quicker. So now our conflicts aren't really fights. They're more productive. They're still difficult conversations, but we find opportunities to learn more about each other and what our needs are. And we learn how we can support each other better. The third tip is have a shared vision and shared goals and values. So in a business, you've got a company mission and vision, right? And having the same in your relationship can be a big plus. In my relationship, it's been helpful to know where we each want to direct our lives together as a couple, but also individually. Doing this allows us to make moves that are in alignment with our deepest desires. So we'll have meetings about big topics like marriage and kids and, you know, what we want the rest of our year to look like. We also have a shared of list values that are specific to our relationship that keep us grounded, connected, and they also help us make decisions better together. So when you know what each other's values and goals are, you can help each other reach them better, right? The fourth tip is have articulate communication. When you communicate in the business world, you've got to be very clear and precise with your words. And sometimes you even got to go back and forth in your communication just to get on the same page. And that can get really time consuming, especially if you're communicating over email. And, you know, but you want to make sure that you're clear because making the wrong assumptions in business can cost you. And this is the case for relationships as well. So how many of you listening have been angry about something and your partner asks, what's wrong? And Instead of sharing what actually is wrong, you say, I'm fine, right? <laughs> so I'm definitely guilty of doing this in the past, and I've done this way too many times that I can count. But we all know that this doesn't work, and it just delays a fight. It's inevitable, right? And it can even intensify a fight. So when Mario and I learned how to be clear with our communication, our relationship shifted big time. We learned how to speak each other's love languages. We learned how to set up hard conversations and feel safe while having them. We learned how to request what we needed from each other without it being weird. Remember, your partner isn't a mind reader. 
And there's a big benefit in communicating articulately and clearly and transparently. It can help you get your needs met and build rock-solid trust and connection in your relationship. Tip number five, talk about your business together or your career. So we co-work together, right? My partner and I, and we ask each other for advice and feedback all the time. Sometimes we even film each other for social media content. And just want to remind you that the person you choose as your partner is going to have an influence on every aspect of your life, especially in business. So, you know, don't shy away from talking about this part of your life with each other because regardless if you talk about it or not, they're going to have an impact. Tip number six, do a SWOT analysis. I know it's a super businessy term, but you know what a SWOT analysis is, right? It's a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So in my relationship, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We are aware of when we shine and we make sure to celebrate these shining moments with each other. We also know each other's vulnerabilities. Some people would call them weaknesses, but you know, if you follow my girl, Brene Brown, y'all know that she says that vulnerabilities are strengths. So when we know each other's vulnerabilities, we can be more sensitive and supportive of each other. And the last tip, tip number seven, is to create a weekly schedule. So in my relationship, we have set days during the week that are dedicated to either work or dedicated to our relationship on other days. Uh, We've got one day in the week that's dedicated to social events, and we even have a planned do-nothing day. And we created our schedule in an organic way just through kind of flowing together at first. I noticed that Mario likes to have dinner later, like at 7 or 8 or, you know, doesn't matter really. But I like having early dinners. I'm like the grandma club, right? If it's 6 o'clock, that's cool. But even earlier, I'm down with it too. So 5 o'clock, you know, I could be having dinner at that time. Mario works European hours, so here in Bali, that's in the afternoon and evening. And I work U.S. hours. My clients are in the U.S. mostly, so I'm working more in the morning. Sometimes our schedules sync up, where we can actually have meals together and hang out. But sometimes it doesn't end up working. So we figured it out, and now we have different nights where we plan to spend alone. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, Mario and I said, you know what, these are our nights to do whatever it is that we want to do. Um, We can work late. Um, You can have dinner whenever you want. If you want to binge on Netflix, whatever it is that you want to do, like these are nights to go ham on what you need to do for yourself. So this way, if I want to eat early, I don't have to wait or I don't have to ask him like, hey, can you end early? I don't need to feel compelled to wait for him. I can decide at the last minute, you know what, I'm hungry, it's 5 o'clock, and I want to eat right now. So if either of us wants to work late, we'll plan on doing that too, like guilt-free, without having to check in with each other because it's just an expectation that, you know, we're doing our own thing tonight. And if it turns out that both of us are free and we want to hang out, we'll do that too. Mario and I also wanted to have certain 
days where we do share dinner together. So we've dedicated Thursdays and Sundays to have dinner early, and we're both free and available by 6 p.m. On Saturdays, those days are reserved for doing nothing. So we've got no commitments or appointments on this day. We can kind of flow and do our own thing. You know, sometimes I'll get my nails done. Uh, Mario will just like go to the beach and have a coconut or something. But we don't really have any appointments with each other. And we're just kind of flowing with our own rhythm on these days. And Sundays are family days, so that is connection time with each other. I'll call my parents in the morning, and it's just more of a chill day to kind of relax and um, connect with each other and our family members. One thing we also do regarding scheduling is that we share our calendars. So this saves us a lot of time checking in with each other and asking each other if we're free or, you know, planning an event and... Um, not knowing if, you know, they're each other's available. So instead of having these logistical conversations, I just check the calendar or Mario can just check the calendar and it's super easy. And the last thing for this calendar weekly schedule topic is we schedule our sexy time. And I know that doesn't sound sexy because, you know, it shouldn't it be spontaneous? Shouldn't you be in the moment? But it's actually quite normal. It really does help us. It gives us a peace of mind knowing that we're having it on a regular basis, even when things get busy. And it doesn't mean that if it's not scheduled, we don't have sex on those days. So insider.com says, scheduling sex can demonstrate a commitment to your relationship improve communication, and guarantee quality time. And plus, the more you schedule, the more you might be open to spontaneous sex. So if you're concerned with the amount of times that you're connecting with your partner in this way during the week, you know, maybe it's time for you to put it on the schedule. <laughs> so those are the seven tips on how to treat your relationship like a business. Here's a recap. Number one is weekly check-ins. Number two is have a learning hour each month together. Number three is have a shared vision, shared goals and values. Number four is articulate communication. Number five, talk about your work together. Number six, do a SWOT analysis and know your strengths and weaknesses. Number seven, create a weekly schedule that works for the two of you. Remember, you and your partner are a team. Do what you got to do to create harmony in your relationship. I know the whole business of a relationship idea doesn't sound super sexy at first, but when you have the tools and the practices that help you get your needs met, where you support each other and you can manage conflict easier, your relationship can thrive. Take care, my friends, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Undercurrent Podcast. If we're not yet connected on Instagram, give me a follow at Liana Lumawig and at The Undercurrent Podcast for more tips on how to design your life on your terms 
Or if you'd like to reach out, visit lianalumawi.com or you can always DM me on Instagram at the undercurrent podcast. Take care, my friends, and see you next week. Thank you.